0: In this episode of the St. Philip Institute podcast, we're going to have a little bit of fun talking about Stranger Things Season 4 and its connection to the Divine Mercy message of St. Faustina. Please enjoy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Eternal Father, you called St. Philip the Evangelist to open his mouth and begin with Scripture. Tell the good news of Jesus Christ. By virtue of our baptism, we too are called to work for the salvation of souls, instill in our hearts the zeal of St. Philip, that we may convert hearts and minds to your Son Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns forever and ever, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hi, welcome to the St. Philip Institute podcast. This episode is going to be a little bit different than sort of our our normal thing as of late uh, Because I just get to talk about something that I'm really interested in And I think is really fun And it's uh, not going to be super serious Um, So I want to talk about Stranger Things And there's nobody here to stop me um, so that's what I'm going to do uh, If you are not uh, familiar with Stranger Things It's uh, uh, one of the biggest shows on Netflix um, Season 4 just released In two different parts uh, Over the last uh, six weeks or so And I think it is just One of the really cool things um, About really really powerful Storytelling um, That can kind of help us sometimes think about Theological or spiritual topics um, Sort of in a different way And you, you know Catholics are, are prone to do this you see, you know, there's plenty of people out there who just really love Lord of the Rings and they know it better than I do, and they can tell you all of the deep spiritual things that are kind of going on beneath the surface. You know, same thing with C.S. Lewis. Um, uh, the books that he's written, uh, a lot of his stories really really do this very well. Um, but uh, in particular, I think Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe— Um, is is one of my favorites. So anyways, and this is actually a very long uh, tradition that the church has. This is something, if we were on, you know, uh, Bishop Barron was talking about this, he would call it the Logoi Spermaticoi um, from St. Augustine, seeds of the word. And and it's basically this Catholic impulse to see out in the world, um, not just in the church, not just in theology books, not just in the Bible, just in your day-to-day experience, seeds of the word. And what does that mean? It means uh, places in which just because we're part of creation, we're, we're human beings made in God's image and likeness, people have these little seeds of the ideas that God wants us to develop. Like they're there. Like God, It's like God planted these seeds even in places where they might not grow. Have you ever heard of that? Maybe seen that in uh, one of the uh, parables in the gospel, right? <laughs> um, so in Stranger Things, which I've been a fan of since since it came out, there's, there's really this huge cosmological discussion going on um, in the story. So it's basically there's two worlds. There's the everyday world that you see, you know, that everybody's kind of stuck in. And there's an upside down, an inverted world, which is obviously a symbol for being at Walmart. No, it's a simple. It's a symbol for hell, right? Um, and it's a very integral part of the story. Um, and all throughout, even in the very beginning of the show, where the nostalgia and emotional sort of uh, tie was maybe a little bit stronger, this this serious metaphysical or cosmological um, piece has been there underneath the surface. Literally and figuratively uh, That's now kind of in its fourth season Sort of really taken on a lot more of the story um, but, but you see this from, from the very beginning In the first season um, You know, Will Byers is, is one of the main characters And he goes missing He's actually been sucked down into the Upside Down Into Hell, basically and, But people don't know that Nobody knows about the Upside Down Because we're people and we're so good at just keeping busy with the things that are right in front of our faces Um, we're good at finding distractions and just getting sucked into those and not seeing the much bigger picture um you you think of this if you're a homeowner how much time could you spend on your lawn you know if you just really wanted to make it perfect there's all these things that we can waste our time on um and it distracts us from the bigger questions about what life is really about so in the search for will buyers the chief of police, Hopper, who I love that character, um, is talking to a character, and another character in the show. And he's talking about he's the science teacher. And, and he says, oh, I was never very good at science. My daughter was really good at it. And uh, he says this really, really telling line um, where he says, I just always figured out, I always figured there was enough going on down here. That I didn't need to look elsewhere. And she was talking about stars and planets, so like, I don't need to look up there. I'm just going to focus here. And this whole time, what's really cool is be, literally beneath them, um, something, some entire other world is there. And he's saying, I don't need to look elsewhere because there's so much going on right here. And of course, over the course of that season and over the span of the entire show, these now four seasons, Hopper winds up having to see. What else is there? Um, what is beyond just these things right in front of me? And there's there's other parallels to this. You see Han Solo's character arc, for instance, in Star Wars. Um, you know, at the beginning of episode four, he says you know, uh, a hokey hokey swords and ancient religion is no match for you know good blaster at your side. Um and then in you know the force awakens, he says, it is true, the force. All of it—it's all true. So he's—he's—he's he's, he's been awakened too to this. There's a lot more out there than just what's right in front of you. Um, so that's always been the case in Stranger Things. In this new season, though, something that's just really, really captured me. Uh, maybe because I'm—I'm I'm really into Saint Faustina. Um, but was this theme of basically divine mercy? So there's this villain in the show, and we don't have to go into all of, of exactly what what the, how that comes about. But the the new villain in season four. His, his method is that he wants to find young people, especially young people who have something that they are ashamed of, something that they don't want people to know about, and he basically torments them with, with visions uh, and memories of things that they're trying to forget about. And it just, as, as, as it you know works its way out through the, the first several episodes of, of this new season, I just kept coming back time and time again in my mind to the diary of St. Faustina. Um, The the, the devil wants to isolate people precisely who were in the most need of salvation, wants to make those people feel like their sins are absolutely overwhelming, that no God could possibly forgive them. And St. Faustina uses this image that our sins, even the worst of them, murder abortion adultery right are a drop of water in what is an ocean of god's mercy that like in and, and you, when you think in that in those terms you know drop of water I think you put a drop of of, of water into even to, into a pool you won't, it's hard to see that drop of water very quickly but into an ocean it's it doesn't matter, and and it's precisely what Saint Faustine is trying to drive at. Not that sins don't matter, but that relative to the way God wants to forgive us, we way overestimate how serious, how damaging, how how un, you know um, unforgivable our sins are. That nothing is unforgivable, and Saint Faustine, of course, you know, is trying to constantly tell people it's actually those people who have sinned the worst. That God is the most desperate to forgive. So, anyways, you know, back to the show in season four here. Um, what you see is a number of individual characters who have something they're ashamed about, something they did in their past, and it may have been sometimes it's long in their past, sometimes is more recent that they're they're anxious about, they're upset about, they're ashamed of, and this this evil villain gets into their mind, keeps showing it to them, keeps showing it to them, and trying to to really terrorize mm-hmm. them that nobody could forgive you and your life is over and and then you know he wants to basically he possesses these people but he does it not through just terror like I'm an evil scary monster I'm gonna take over but rather through something much more you know subtle psychological fear um, isolation and shame and and it just really rung for me really deeply that that's Boy, that's so much about what the spiritual life is comprised of. So much of our spiritual life is times when we are—we feel that way. We feel isolated. We feel far from anybody else. And that, oh, God, if anybody knew, no way would they forgive me. No way could they look at me the same way. I have to keep this a secret and, and, and keep it to myself. And that's precisely where Satan wants us. He wants us to feel isolated that way. And what's the solution is divine mercy, but it's also community. It's also being with other people. Anytime, So anytime your sins make you feel like you're utterly alone and like nobody could understand you, that's when you need the community of the church the most. So there's something really beautiful about the church calling us to not just individual salvation, but salvation as part of the people, the people of Israel in the Old Testament, the people of the church today, that being restored to communion after going to confession you're not just restored to communion with god you're restored to communion with the rest of the body of christ and our individual sins actually you know do impact other people but so does our restoration impacts the rest of of the people so something that that happens in 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 season 4 is you you see the the dire consequences of people who who literally are isolated don't have anyone else to go to and the the critical difference it makes when someone has Human community people who truly look out for the good of others who love them to love is to prefer the good of the others And when you have that Even in a sort of you know allegedly secular non-religious story like stranger things It makes a big difference, and so it's just this is a something that that if you have not seen the show uh, you know again you don't have to watch stranger things, but if you if you have seen it, I hope that you'll you'll take these these thoughts to into consideration and and maybe you know it gives us another way to sort of um, explain the gospel to people um if if we can't maybe think of it this way, if you think you can just talk to someone about the danger and isolation of sin in your life and how you need confession in a community, maybe that's not going to come off very well, but you maybe could get at that same conversation through a discussion about, how vecna in season four attacks his victims. so anyhow just a few thoughts on a really hit tv series that i i really enjoy um so i'd love to hear your thoughts about it if there's uh, other um series or shows that y'all might be interested in let us know and maybe we can do another fun little video like this because sometimes we do need to just have a little bit of fun so thanks